Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 65. doing how's your quarantine life going on dat quarantine life are you staying home are you social socially distancing are you maybe cheating a little bit are you maybe going to the hardware store even though you don't really need to go to the hardware store I, i did that once i mean you know that crack in the pavement had been there for like three years we didn't really need to fix it this this week but you know like what happens if water got into it and then we had to like call a bunch of people to like fix it that would be bad so you know my friend characterized it as stitch and time saves nine kind of house projects are allowed because it averts the potential for more people having to go out down the road so yeah you know uh hardware store was all right Last Friday, I just drove around, you know, I was pretty stressed at work, and my friend Annie died last week, and I was pretty sad, and so I had already taken Friday off as kind of like a personal day, because I worked through a couple weekends working on our PPP loans, so I was like, I'm just going to drive around, you know, like for three hours, and I did mostly just drive around for three hours, and it was really nice, but I did cheat once, and I went to the the hardware store and I, you know, I got like stuff I needed. I mean, I didn't break the law. I was wearing a mask, got some concrete, got a sponge so I could wash my car. (laughs) Car's getting really dirty. And, uh, what else? I got some rubber gloves for Emma. She needed another pair of rubber gloves. That's, you know, PPE, uh, and some gardening stuff. I wanted to find garden bags, planting bags. Do you guys know about these? Instead of using pots, you use these bags. The Taylor twins told me about them, and I was like, oh, God, I'm not up on this. I didn't know about this. But they didn't have them, so I couldn't buy any planting bags. That was a bit of a bummer. But, uh, yeah, I think about one plant that day. Anyway, I just drove around and looked at stuff. <laughs> New developments down Chatham, like by Pittsburgh, this, this big place called Chatham Park. Uh, drove through Southern Village, drove through Chapel Hill downtown in Carborough. Not a lot of people out. People are pretty good about it here. They're actually worse uh, where I live in North Chatham than they are in downtown Chapel Hill. Downtown Chapel Hill seemed pretty desolate. But I like that the... The restaurants in Chapel Hill have banners out saying either closed or open for takeout. So just driving down the street, I could see what was open and what was closed. That was kind of cool. And uh, we got pizza from from far away pizza that week. Every Friday, we're still trying to keep our pizza place in business. (laughs) A lot of the restaurants we eat at are just closed. I don't know if they're coming back or not, but all the Asian ones around here closed. It's kind of a bummer, you know, like the, the people of the Chinese, well, it's Pan-Asian, but they, uh, they love Jane and they are so nice and they're just like friends and they just very abruptly closed at the beginning of this, like March, I think they were closed by like the 10th of March, you know? And, uh, so no takeout and it's a real bummer. That place actually did a pretty brisk takeout business too. It's a sit down restaurant. It's a nice one, but it had a good takeout business and, 
that's just gone. And then the, the, the dingy Asian takeout only place closed. It, it lasted a couple weeks, but then it was closed. Whoops, we'll just turn off those uh, beeps. Sorry about that. Turned them off last night when I was on a Zoom call, but I guess they came back. Uh, anyway, so the drive was really good. That really helped. I was very sad about my friend Annie. She was like a high school friend of mine, and I knew she had some sort of blood illness, but it didn't. I never knew it was so serious, you know. And I was talking to another friend of mine, and she said uh, she knows someone with the same disease, and it's very maintainable, so maybe they caught it late. I don't really know the details. Yet another beep from something else that doesn't respect the do not disturb settings. I don't even know what it was, and I don't know how to turn it off. Maybe that was a Slack beep? I don't know. I'll quit Slack. It's the weekend. Nobody needs to be talking to me on Slack on the weekend, right? Uh, yeah, so we, you know, we were really close friends in the old days, and uh, yeah, I've been, you know, it's funny. I had just been up to Alaska to see my dad in Feb in February, and I was like, sort of, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be going to Alaska a lot this year, you know, with my dad's illness, and and uh, so I've been really thinking about all my Fairbanks friends. You know, I thought I was going to go like four times this year, and a lot of them I'm in touch with more now. But I was there's still some I wanted to get more in touch with, and then he was one of them. We're in touch. We're friends on Facebook. We chat once in a while i knew what was up with her life mostly but you know it's just like oh god that was that was really sad and i i found out in the morning and like right after i did my daily facebook post update thing you know literally i hit post and then the next post was from our mutual friend davy and i was just like oh and i just started crying and jane was sitting in my lap and she was just like oh and she was like you know being kind to me and She's been doing that a lot lately because that was Thursday and then on Monday <laughs> after wounding myself by twisting my foot while going down the stairs so I'm limping we're out on our walk I'm kind of like walking really slow trying to figure out if this is you know when you're hurt your foot like is it a serious injury or is it like a gonna get better injury uh, but you know I was just down it hurt it hurt real bad <laughs> and uh so I'm hobbling down, and we're out, down at the end of Valley Meadow, like a half mile from the house in the cul-de-sac, and my sister texts, and she tells me that dad doesn't have very long, that hospice said it's almost time, and he, he had stopped eating, and that he was asleep all the time. He had been sleeping almost 20 hours a day at this point, and he got up to eat like once a day, and you know, I kind of had a hunch this was coming, because my mom had said, no, he still wakes up, and he still eats. This is... Thursday or Friday and she's like you know he did his coughing thing last time his choking thing and I'm like yeah but that's that's always been probably part of the disease right so anyway I had a hunch it was coming so you know Friday or Monday my sister tells me it's coming and I think maybe we have a week you know like that's what the uh PSP support groups I was in would tell me is like once the choking happens and they stop eating, you have about a week. But now he, he only made it to Tuesday. It was like less than 24 hours after that call that he passed away. So that was really rough. And, uh, I guess one, trying to look for silver linings, I'm actually kind of obsessed with these days with the fact that we should not be looking for silver linings in the coronavirus stuff, but I think it's okay still to look for it in grief and, and loss of, of loved ones, but, uh, you know, like, I can't go see them, right? And, you know, Emma and I did all the sort of think it through, could I go? The planes are flying, right? And it was like, well, you know... 
there's only one flight to Fairbanks really now that I could take realistically. Actually, I didn't check Alaska Airlines. I should check that. But they all go through Seattle is what I'm saying. And they're actually still really full because the, the North Slope, the oil workers are essential personnel. And they... A lot of them live out of state. They live in Seattle. So the planes are all really full up to Alaska still. So like, and you know, my parents lived, my mom still lives in this, uh, this old people's home. I don't know, it's not assisted living. It's like an elder facility, but like, I don't know what the technical term is for the place, but you know, it's an old folks home. Right. And, and they're under quarantine and, uh, you know, direct family can go into their rooms, but you know, I would have to quarantine before I did that. Right. So I'd have to, especially because it's not like I could get there staying socially distanced because the flight to Fairbanks is pretty full. It's not like, you know, the first flight, I looked at flights, I actually did, and I looked at a flight and from here to Fairbanks, the first leg was to Minneapolis and there was one person on the plane. I was like, okay, I could probably do that and stay socially distanced. And then Minneapolis to Seattle had like two people on the plane, you know, nobody in first and I was going to buy first. So that was like fine. But then Seattle flight to Fairbanks is, is pretty full. It's almost full. So I had to get to Fairbanks. I'd have to rent a hotel room, you know, and it's, it's the off season. Paradoxically, the off season tends to have some, they're, they're expensive. I bet they're cheap now, but you know, you're looking at like two grand minimum, right? Just on the hotel to sit there for two weeks, not see my mom until I can comfort my mom in two weeks. And then I stay however long I need to stay. Uh, but you know, they can't do a service, right? Like a memorial or anything in this time. So I would have to do all this again at some point, presumably. And then, you know, stay there for what a week, comfort my mom, comfort my sister, see my family, which I desperately want to do. But then turn around and come home here, and then I've exposed myself on the on the flight again. And like you know, I'm there's a good chance I already got this whole family sick with the coronavirus the last time I went to Alaska and passed through Seattle. So I'd have to come home and quarantine in our basement and not see my daughter for a total of like five weeks to go see my mom for a couple of days. So they're just like, no, don't do it. And they're right, and we all agree. There's no like tension about it, but it's just a bummer, and it's really sad. It's sad my dad passed away, but you know we have been knowing it was coming to some extent. He has a disease with no cure that was terminal, so we knew it would happen. But I really, really... You know, the average lifespan after diagnosis of having PSP, progressive supranuclear palsy, is what it's called. I don't know how much I talked about this back when I visited, but... um. The average lifespan is seven years, so we thought we had a little bit of time. We strongly suspected he had had this disease for three, four, five, maybe even six years because he's been degenerating a lot. And and uh, they thought it was Parkinson's. And if, you know, first, we thought it was depression. You know, he had a neck injury and he wasn't recovering from it. And they thought he was just being lazy. And you know, so in a lot of ways, uh, as always with my father, I'm reevaluating and rewriting the history with new information. He was not lazy. He was <laughs> diseased, which is why he couldn't recover from his neck surgery, no matter how much berating he got from the PT. And we should have known because the guy's never been that lazy, right? But anyway, um, I totally lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, so I just really hoped that it was going to last, you know, like through this coronavirus pandemic lockdown quarantine. Uh, <laughs> but he didn't, and it's really sad. He was a good man. He was the seventh white man born in Barrow, Alaska. <laughs> the, the natives up there called him Ookpik, which means white owl. <laughs> 
he, he didn't live in Barrow. He lived in an even smaller village called Wainwright, Alaska at the time. And then he spent a big part of his childhood in Nome, Alaska, before he moved to Fair, back to Fairbanks. And that's where he met my mom. They've been married 53 years. My mom mentioned on the phone last night, she's like, I've never actually lived alone. This will be weird. And I was just like, really? She, she moved out of the dorms in with my dad. She's never lived alone. It's crazy. And, you know, even now, she's not really alone. If you call, if you don't, if you can count the dorms, you count where she lives now. Cause she's basically in a dorm for old people now. But, um, and the other, you know, I was talking to her, I've, I've talked to her almost every day, obviously, but, uh, the other day I was like, how are you doing? She's like, well, I was going to be not okay, which I thought was a great turn of phrase. She's, but a fiddler came around and did a concert in the parking lot. And I talked about this in my little daily Facebook update. But the cool thing is like a high school friend of mine, Kim Husby, uh, she, you know, I never even thought actually to follow the page for the facility my parents live in. It's called Raven Landing up in Fairbanks. So I followed the page and there's video of the woman and I like left her a message saying how much she cheered up my mom when she's, you know, recently widowed. So that was really nice. Uh, yeah, it's all pretty sad. And it's like kind of surreal because I have, you know, why? I can't go up there. So why take a day off? What am I gonna do? Take a day off and just sit in my house. Like, it seems kind of silly, you know, like, uh, so I'm just doing work. <laughs> like I told work, they know, and I kind of insisted. So they're, I'm sure they're treating me kind of lightly, but like, and there's not a ton of work for me right now, but like, you know, I was just sort of like, Oh, I will work on this thing where I implement background checks for new employees because I have to do it for SOC one compliance. Okay, well let's do this. Let's engage the lawyers to get a notification letter for new hires that we we're going to do back. you know, just boring bureaucracy stuff, which turns out it's like really easy and nice to do just busy work when you've got a lot on your mind because you're just like feeling productive and, uh, you know, you can't be brilliantly creative or anything like that. So work with the lawyers on some letters and sock, sock audits, man. You ever need a lot of mindless work, <laughs> undergo a sock audit. Let me tell you. Anyway. Uh, I work was stressful for a couple weeks there, but we seem to be settling into a pretty good groove now. It's like kind of nice. I'm kind of going out of order today. Oh, forgive me. It's all intro. Then I'll do media. <laughs> uh, it's kind of nice. Everybody's sort of working well together. We do a lot of zoom calls, except for we switch back to Google hangouts. Cause we got the grid view plugin for hangouts. Cause we were not comfortable with zoom security flaws. So we're using Google hangouts at work now. Uh, with the grid view plugin, which is great. It's just like zoom. I really like it. And, uh, you know, it's going well, like, uh, it's, it, 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 I'm happy it's there. Obviously I'm thankful for a couple of weeks there, you know, I like my job and it wasn't anything about the job, but I was just like, Oh God, I don't want to be working. I'm too depressed. Uh, and then like, you know, a friend and my father died and I'm even more sad, but I'm actually happy for the job now. And I've always been thankful of course, because you know, there's so many people that are unemployed. Oh my God. Another 4 million this week. It's been rough, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, it's working, you know, I think it was after the PPP that stuff really stressed me out and it's still a little stressful because there's a lot of backlash and stuff like that, but I'm actually a small business. We're only 20 people. So, you know, it's what it's supposed to go to. Uh, and then let's see, I, uh, got one of those new Apple magic keyboards for my iPad and I was so excited because today is quarantine Christmas. I don't know if you guys do this. I'm really like, it's a real cheer up for me. Right. So I do my grocery shopping on Thursday and then whatever packages we order throughout the week, when I get back from the grocery store, I take all the perishables, I put them in the fridge and we wash the vegetables, whatever. But I just leave everything else in the car, right? Because the virus can last two or three days on on hard services. And rather than like wiping down all my stuff, I just leave it in the car. And when packages arrive at the house, we just leave them on the table 
And then like, don't touch them for a few days. So Saturday is like quarantine Christmas. It's like the best. It's really quite, really cheers you up, man. So today I like went to the back of the car. I'm like, Ooh, look at this. There's beer and Doritos and you know, lots of healthy food too. And then I forgot about the Doritos for Emma. So I didn't get any Doritos, but, uh, you know, you're like doing that. And then like I go over the packages and it's really exciting. There's some new records I forgot I had ordered from a long time ago. And there's like, what else? Oh, I got some masks from my friend Corinna. She's doing that whole, like buy some masks and then she'll take the money and make more from charity and they're the best they're so good i really like them i'm gonna do it again if she's still in the business and uh you know <clears throat> what else was there uh, oh so this is a weird story like uh let's say three weeks ago i was like okay so i got like a few masks here in the house and i've ordered some handmade ones from friends but you know i'm ready to just sort of get in line for like a, a bunch of surgical masks right so i go to amazon and i pick a recommended seller and they're like you know they have reasonably priced uh surgical masks and it's like a hundred for 47 dollars and it says not shipping till June. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Cause basically I can say, you know, that's what I want. I want these masks after the mask shortage has been abated, then send me some more masks. So I felt good that it were, they weren't going to ship for like 12 weeks. Right. They were, it was like late June shipping. And I was like, cool. Uh, and then they just showed up <laughs> like Two weeks later, they just showed up and I'm like, oh no, I feel terrible. I got these like hundred masks. <laughs> so I'll probably donate. The first thing I did is I told this story to a friend of mine who has no masks that just moved back to New York city. And I was like, do you need some masks? And she's like, yes. So I'm sending them to her. Not all of them, but some of them, you know? Uh, and then I like, you know, I was like, well, I guess this is, you know, maybe I'll get some more and donate them or something. So I went, whoa, uh oh. All right. <laughs> that was fun. Could you guys hear that? The weird echo. I uh, tapped a slider on the keyboard controller that I don't use with GarageBand. But apparently in GarageBand, that slider was mapped to the master echo slider. So I just put an echo on my voice. Uh, anyway, so I got a bunch of masks and then I went to like send Kristen the link and she was, it was like, this store is no longer in operation. And I'm like, so you shut these guys down, even though they're following your rules. They were, you know, well, you, they were a recommended seller. They weren't price gouging. They weren't, I mean, they, I bet they got in trouble because they shipped early basically. I don't know. So now I got all these masks. I'm probably going to donate them and keep doing my buy masks from friends that donate uh, to people in need. I've done that like three or $400 of that now. So, you know, I don't know, guilty conscience on masks. Uh, but the rest of quarantine Christmas was fantastic, except I got the new Apple keyboard for the iPad and it doesn't work and it was dead in the box and I'm totally bummed and it's beautiful. And I really wanted to use it. It was like the, 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 the crown jewel of quarantine Christmas. <laughs> it didn't work. That's very sad. Uh, also, I'd like to say that yesterday was my friend Og Stone's birthday. He is uh, 44 years old. He Og's in kind of a unique situation. He was in L.A. He's sort of a stand-up comedian uh, and musician. He's both, so that's why I said sort of. I didn't mean that as a slight. And he was, you know, he was out there. He's going to break in and start doing comedy in the L.A. scene. He's done a lot in the New York shows. And he went, you know, it's the comedy. It's two coasts, right? Uh, but he got there right before a lockdown, and he was in an Airbnb, and it became very apparent that it was going to be hard to get a job and hard to, like, you know, live there. And he definitely wasn't going to be doing any comedy. So he just kind of hit the road and got as far, like, away west or east, back east as he could go. 
before he had to lock down and he ended up randomly in twin falls idaho so he's like all alone in this much much cheaper airbnb in twin falls idaho and he's just there by himself so like you know we do zoom calls uh, on the week on fridays with him and it was his birthday so we got a bunch of friends on zoom last night and it was it was really nice and uh Aug and my sister are almost exactly the same age so my sister's birthday is monday which is pretty rough, but you know, she's pregnant, which is amazing, uh, without, you know, without, well, trying to get pregnant with, you know, natural methods. She, they lucked out. They were not using medical assistance and they, they had given up basically. And then she got pregnant and she's very far along. She's doing June and the baby's healthy. So that's like really nice for her and my mom. I can't be there, but at least soon they'll have this distraction, you know, and my mom was great when Jane was born. So like, I think that'll be really good for them. I don't know when I'll be able to see the, the baby, which really sucks, but Hopefully someday, I'm kind of hoping there'll be like a couple week window in August when everybody can travel for a little bit before this ramps up again and we're all locked down in the fall because I think we're going to be locked down for quite some time. Um, I am happy to talk to you in private about how pessimistic I am about things, but I will spare you all my, my gloomy scenario about our, our current uh, medical, med, medico political, <laughs> politico medical environment. That's a good word, politico medical. Uh, anyway, so I'm hoping maybe then for flights will be super expensive. I should just gamble right now and buy a flight in August and hope that like, that's when we're open. I've kind of been thinking about doing that, but like Delta's onto you and their flights aren't cheap to Alaska in August. They're cheap right now. I could buy one first class for like 900 bucks, which is crazy. But, uh, you know, if you get past like June, July, they're, they're expensive again. So you can't like just bank the flights and hope for the best. It's not really that cheap yet. Uh, and Jane's doing well though. That's pretty exciting. She is, uh, she's becoming very conversational and it's really amazing. And she still has tantrums, but not near as many. She still says no, but not as much. You can talk to her. Some book, you know, I read a lot of parenting books and I, I, I can't recommend any one book, but there are pieces of advice here and there that really stuck with me that have been profoundly useful. And actually this one came from my friend, Colin McGill who lived here and was awesome, but he just moved away, which is very sad. And, uh, but he's like, the important thing is that they understand that you understand them. So, you know, I used to like, before I re-remembered this advice, she'd be like, no, 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 I ain't gonna do this, meh, 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 meh. You think that sounded annoying. I mean, just trust me, in reality, it's a lot worse. And I'd be like, whatever, we gotta do this. And I'd just sort of move on. And now I like pause and I'm like, no, no, we can't do that. I know you want to turn that knob 10 more times, but we have to get moving and you can't turn the knob right now. And that works so much better. And she's like, she doesn't say, okay, but she sort of can drop a thing now. But there are other times, like she had a crazy day. Like I took her out of bed and she wouldn't pick up brown bear and water. And, uh, so I picked him up and I came downstairs and she, because she was screaming already in bed and it was waking up, it was going to wake up. I'm and so I just ran downstairs with her and she could not get over it. And half hour, 40 minutes later, she was still screaming. And finally, she like kind of pulled it together just enough that she was just like back to bed. And she's, I've never heard her say the words back. Like I never, I didn't know she even knew it. And she was just like back to bed. Like you could tell she was just racking her brain, trying to communicate to me what she needed. And I was like, wow, really? I mean, maybe you're tired because she had a poop in her diaper, you know, and I was like, okay, we'll take you back to bed. And she like, we walk all the way back upstairs. The minute we started heading back to bed, the crying stopped. She had been crying for almost an hour nonstop. And it was like, I was going to die. And, um, like, uh, 
actually this was monday this is before i twisted my foot and found out about my father that was a rough fucking day let me tell you anyway so we walk back upstairs the minute we start heading upstairs she just like quieted right down and we get all the way up there i put her in the crib and i'm not sure what she's gonna do sometimes when i put her to bed and she's in a good mood she just lays down puts her head on the pillow and, go, and starts to go to sleep and but she so this is what she does she lays down and then she gets up and then she picks up brown bear and picks up water and then holds her arms up for me to pick her up like we're just redoing the whole thing right like she just needed mentally to redo the day and start it right and i'm like this is kind of ocd maybe should i worry but also like oh my god wouldn't that be amazing if that worked for us <laughs> If we were having a terrible day, you're like, you know, we joke about it, right? We're like, oh, let's go back to bed. Let's try this again. But she could actually do it. She was just like, I'm going to start over. And she did. And she was perfectly fine after that. And like, I don't know, like 45 minutes later, Janet came over to take and more than that, like an hour and a half, two hours because we did breakfast. And um, Janet shows up and she's just in a perfectly good mood. You would never have known that she cried for the first hour and a half of the morning. You know, <laughs> she's just like, I'm, I'm good now. I reset it. I did it the way I wanted to do it. Uh, and she's starting to use like whole sentences. Yesterday we were walking. There's this whole thing. Like I, I like to walk with, you know, Jane between me and Emma. Um, but, but we could never walk that way because if whenever we did that, she'd hold out her hands to us. And we fell for this so many times. It was like Lucy and the football and peanuts. And we'd hold her hands. And the minute we'd hold her hands, she'd just lift up her legs and make us carry her. And we were just like, ugh. And it's a fun game. It's a treat. But she doesn't understand treats. So she doesn't understand treats are supposed to end, right? And like, so you have to do it the whole time. And then if you stop, she screams and it was just horrible. So we wouldn't do it, which meant I couldn't walk next to her and blah, blah, blah. But we really took the time that day and we were like, no, you know, we're going to walk. We're going to hold hands and walk. And so this week she finally got it. We, we can all hold hands and walk. It's really nice. And uh, today, yesterday we were walking home and she just said, mommy and daddy and Jane are holding hands and walking. And I was like, oh my God, that's like a full grammatically correct, complex sentence. It was nuts. Uh, yeah, it's nice. I like being able to talk to her. She's cool. She's a good little kid. And uh, the neighbors keep making her little jock drawings on their driveway for her when we are walking. And it's really nice. They were out there doing it yesterday on the walk down the road so on the way back the drawing was complete that really makes me happy it's like yeah it's like a neighborhood you know i remember when my friend kellyanne moved into a neighborhood and she talked about the neighbors and i was like that's so weird who talks to their neighbors but now i talk to my neighbors it's it's kind of cool it's kind of cool all right well let's talk about some media <laughs> media i'm still doing my blu-ray ripping thing i just have mostly finished uh all the entire star wars universe i guess that's not true all the star wars movies in 4k with all the bonus footage are done uh I, i'm still i have to do the prequel bonus footage double check that none of that is on the old blu-rays so i bought this like 12 27 disc collection from best buy limited edition thing of all the movies in 4k and regular hd and each one with a bonus disc of of uh all, a bunch of bonus footage so you know the new ones uh force awakens last jedi and rise of skywalker i didn't have any bonus footage for those and then i had the old blu-ray box set of star wars actually i could get that i'll sell that on ebay now um and they had a lot of bonus footage on there but they did this of course the uh, so i wasn't sure you know after i ripped everything but the bonus footage for the first six films i was like okay i'll rip one and see if there's anything new and it turns out that i did four five and six and um you know new hope 
Empire and Jedi. And they all had like two new bonus features on them and they look pretty cool but i was like oh so you know they had all the old bonus stuff and then two new ones so i was like oh god so i gotta rip all these so i've done those and i did rogue one which i think is the best star wars movie i i stand by that rogue one is a near perfect film i don't know why people don't like it man it's so good and uh now i'm doing the prequels which is so tedious i can't believe i'm doing that I was like, what am i doing with myself but i'm stuck in a house so what are you gonna do uh, and then, you know, Walmart's kind of onto me in a good way. Like they, they realize I'm, not, I'm clearly not the only one, but they're just like, Oh my God, well, this is our chance to sell every remnant ultra 4k Blu-ray we have in the back room. And they're just throwing out the weirdest shit for like no money. Like you can buy the entire divergent series in 4k Blu-ray for $12. <laughs> <laughs> and yesterday I bought Valerian in the city of a thousand planets for $9. And I'm just like, whatever. I, the movie was bad, but it's visually gorgeous. And, uh, you know, um, I just buy them and put them on eBay and sell them. So <laughs> it's like $2, right? Uh, and you know, I, I've said this before, but I use software called Plex to watch that. And you can share movies with Plex. Uh, it's legal. So if any of you want some movies to watch in your quarantine, just hit me up and I'll teach you how to use Plex and I'll friend you and you can have access to my film library. It's a good time. I have not been doing the four tracks. I'm, that's supposed to be my next project. I did one. It was actually really, really, uh, it was a lot of work, but it was really good. Actually. I was like, this is a good song. I didn't remember writing this and I kind of want to finish it because I want to like finish this four track, you know, nineties, four track EP and throw it up on Bandcamp and be done with it. But it's like very labor intensive and it's not something I can easily do during the work week. Like I could do the mixtapes during the work week because all you had to do was like open up a new file in GarageBand and hit record and then hit play on the tape deck and you were done, right? You could then work for the next 45 minutes, but this requires like, like active work. So I don't really know. That means I have to do it on the weekend and I don't really want to waste a moment weekends doing that. I already got to do this. So I'm going to do one tomorrow. There's one song I remember. It was called kill the silence and, uh, I want to hear it again. So I'll do that one, but, uh, I don't know. That's going to be a slow going project. And then continuing on the archiving. So as you may recall, I sent this box of like a lot of old photos from like my grandfather's and my father's and slides and things like really like family heirloom kind of stuff. And one of those Kodak ripping vinyl or not vinyl, like Kodak archiving boxes. And I did this like March 3rd or something like that, right before the pandemic lockdown. And I was like, it was like four to six weeks processing time even without a global pandemic right so as soon as they send it off and i've mentioned this i was like i'm never gonna see this again like this is terrible like i shouldn't have done that like these are old family heirlooms and, and but today just right before this this morning i got an email saying it was done and they're shipping it back so maybe it'll come back soon uh, so maybe quarantine christmas next week will include all the old family photos which is great because and it's a little bit of a bummer actually because my dad just passed away um uh, <laughs> not a non sequitur because the plan was to scan them all and then print them out into like contact sheets and then mail the contact sheets back to my parents so they could annotate them and say who was in each photo. And then I would retitle the photos and I would make them an album and I would also have them labeled and named. So, you know, for future posterity and my mom still can do that, but we can't ask my dad. Some of them are like my dad's childhood and stuff like that, but I still have Jack dad's brother. He and I are in touch a lot and he's really into archiving as well. So I can, I can have Jack do that part, I guess. And it's not like even if my dad was still around, the guy couldn't talk. So I don't think it really would work. Never mind. This is awkward. I will stop. Uh, yeah. 
so then that may be done soon. And then I'm going to, I guess I'll go back to doing the rest of the photo album. The photo albums are kind of on pause until you got the Kodak box done. So that'll be, that'll be exciting. Yeah. I don't know. I'll get back into that. I'm starting to, I needed a break, but I, I think it might be time to start doing that stuff again. Uh, Discogs. We sold, we sold a bunch of Discogs this week. Six, six items. I just this morning, I sold major leagues by pavement. Uh, yesterday I sold scream Dracula scream by rocket from the crypt. That's a good record. And it kind of sucks though. Cause I sold it at a loss. <laughs> like, uh, it is, it, it was cheap, right? It was supposed to be a dollar, right? Uh, that's like just what it's going for in Discogs. You can't charge more than what other people are charging. So I was like, all right, it's a dollar. But a Canadian guy bought it, so I had to ship it to Canada. And I didn't know this, but Canadian shipping rates have increased since I set my Canadian shipping rates. So it used to be able, you could mail a CD to Canada for nine bucks, but now it's eleven fifty. So this guy paid ten dollars, and I had to mail it to him for eleven fifty. And I'm like, I think this is a first that my weird. Uh, CD shipping scheme actually lost money, but I think I'm okay with it. I'm really doing this just because I want everything to go to a home that's where it's loved, you know what I mean? Or at least appreciated and not into a landfill. So, you know, if that's $2, uh, I, I, I can do that. I'll live with that. Uh, I sold a, the only one I know single by the charlatans, uh, like last week. I don't know. Yeah. It was like three bucks, but you know, it's a good single. I'm kind of wondering if it has anything to do with Tim's Twitter listening party. I don't know if you guys know about this, but Tim Burgess, the lead singer of the, Twi of the chameleons. I was following him on Twitter for years. He's a great Twitter guy. And, but he's been doing through the pandemic. He's doing Tim's Twitter listening party, three albums a day where they just sort of tweet along to the album with the band. It's pretty awesome. And it's not just his music, it's all sorts of bands. They, you know, they did like a new order. They have done a couple. They just did. They did left field yesterday. Um, the streets, uh, you know, just tons of bands. It's really great. If you go to Tim's Twitter, listening party.com, it shows you the schedule and it's really cool, right? Like they say cool things about these, these albums. But, uh, so I'm wondering if somebody bought this charlatan CD cause they like heard about that. I don't really know. Maybe there's a coincidence. Uh, and then, uh, I sold Heartburst by breathless. That was kind of a bummer because I really love breathless. I, I have all the songs on it, but I didn't really think about how Heartburst was like not ever issued on vinyl. So that was kind of sad. I really do love breathless. They're such a great band. And then I sold a filter promotional CD filter magazine for the 2008 Coachella called welcome to the desert 2008. And I don't know why anybody would buy that. Maybe they're just trying to relive uh, Coachella. I don't really know. Vinyl. So I got my credit card bill. I pay my credit card twice a month. I pay, just pay it off completely when I get my paycheck. And, uh, I paid it off the February or the March, God, sorry. The April 1st paycheck and credit card payment. I was like, Oh God, I spent way too much money. I just, you know, like beginning a lockdown and like you're freaking out and you're buying a lot of groceries stocking up, or you think you need this or this or that. And I, you know, I needed a new chainsaw and like all the, <laughs> my wife now has two chainsaws. Uh, and it was just, I just, you know, it wasn't more than my paycheck, but it was like most of my paycheck it was just pay off this credit card bill. And I was like, Oh, this hurts. And a lot of it was charity. I spent a lot of money on charity. And so that part I didn't really feel bad about, but I, I was like next paycheck. I figured out the absolute minimum that I could spend on my credit card. Cause I buy a lot of groceries on the credit card for the points and the miles. And, um, I was like, okay, I can't spend more than this amount. And so I'm not, and I'm not buying any music. I'm not buying anything. I treated myself to a thing. Uh, Supreme is doing, did my bloody Valentine on Thursday. There's a whole range of Supreme, my bloody Valentine clothing. And Emma was like, find something you like for your birthday in the same price range as what you got me. So I was like, okay. So I got some of the Supreme stuff 
But other than that, I'm just like, no, I'm not spending any money on anything superfluous. So there haven't been a lot of records, but lucky me, I have ordered so many records that take a long time to ship. They're still coming in. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. <laughs> so I had ordered like the first two Dove re Doves records on, they just got reissued uh, last broadcast and Lost Souls. And I, I don't know, I bought it like two or three months ago, but they showed up and I was like, awesome. I got this double colored vinyl version of the last broadcast. So that was really great. Uh, and I just listened to it today that because it was in quarantine Christmas this week. Uh, I haven't listened to the Lost Souls one yet, but I just love those records so much. The doves are so good. Doves are so good. No, the, uh, so those were great. And then, uh, I'm still a member of vinyl me, please. Thank you. Vinyl me, please. So they sent out the Stooges self-titled record, the John Cale mix of it, which is awesome. It's really good. I was very, very excited about that. So that record came in and then I had forgotten about this, but it, it was cheap, but I bought the Mary Margaret O'Hara album, Miss America, which is one of my favorite records. Uh, I had sold the CD some time ago and I guess I didn't mind that I sold it and I didn't buy the vinyl. I think I thought I owned the vinyl already. I really still to this day thought I already owned it, but I didn't. And I wanted to listen to it the other day and I didn't own it. And, uh, then I was like, Oh yeah, I do. It just hasn't got here yet. And then it showed up. And so I've been listening to it a lot. And so here's the thing. I don't know how many of you know who Mary Margaret O'Hara is. She's an amazing vocalist singer. She had one record. That's the, the, the rumor. That's what I knew my whole life. And, uh, she's, you know, her, her sort of her most famous song is help me lift you up, which was covered by this mortal coil. But she's also the backing vocalist on a lot of other people's stuff. Most notably, November Spawned a Monster by Morrissey. She's that woman with the awesome voice in the background. Uh, so she had this one album. And she just sort of disappeared. And I thought, honestly, I thought she died, right? Because this is pre-internet. Miss America came out in 1992. So, like, you don't really, you know, like, it's not like now where you can just be like, well, what's up? And go look at Wikipedia and learn everything about their lives. And I hadn't really checked up on her because, like, I thought I knew. I thought I thought Mary Margaret O'Hara died. I feel really bad saying this because it turns out she has not died. In fact, she's awesome. And in fact, she like still occasionally does a show and also complete lie that uh, uh, Miss America is her only album. She has a second album. I never knew this. And it's called Apartment Hunting. It's a soundtrack to a movie, an original motion picture soundtrack of Apartment Hunting. It's a Canadian independent film. Does not get good reviews. She's actually in the movie as a small part in the movie. Uh, and the album is awesome. It's really good. It's on Spotify. I don't even know. <laughs> it's like, what the hell, right? So that's really amazing. And then she has another single on Spotify that's a new song that's not listed anywhere else. That's kind of crazy. It's not on Apartment Hunting. It's not on Miss America. She has a Christmas EP. I didn't know anything about out? And I'm just like, oh my God. And then the most crazy thing is uh, Perfume Genius. I don't know if you know Perfume Genius, musical artist. They were asked to do one of those, curate one of those festivals. It's called Le Guess Who. It's in Belgium. It's like kind of like Meltdown. You know, these festivals that are, are like El Tomorrow's Parties is like this. Like they pick an artist and they curate the festival and they book the bands they like. And she booked Mary Margaret O'Hara. And Mary Margaret O'Hara was like, yeah, all right, I'll come and play Le Guess Who in Belgium. And this was two years ago. And not only that, the live version of the whole thing is on SoundCloud. <laughs> so there's like a live Mary Margaret O'Hara album on SoundCloud. And it's really good. She does help me lift you up and two other songs from Miss America, a couple new songs, and then a lot of real, real weird improvisational vocal stuff, kind of like scat meets like noise. It's crazy. And I'm just like, Mary Margaret O'Hara is like a living, breathing person in the world. It's kind of crazy. I had no idea. And it's really brought me a lot of joy this week. And so I guess it's just as well I didn't know these last 28 years that she was still making music. But I'm very excited. Just imagine if you like, you just found out you're one of your favorite artists had an album you didn't know anything about. And it was really good. 
that's how my week's been. Uh, other stuff. I finished the John Prine discography. Very sad about John Prine's death. Uh, so I left off the one, the next one. And I was going in reverse chronological order because fuck you, Spotify. That's the only order you can do it in. Unless you make a meticulously make a playlist. You can't listen to albums in the order they came out. It makes me very angry, but you have to listen to them in the reverse order. So I'm going backwards in time. So I started with a John Prine Christmas and then the missing years, then John Prine live, then German afternoons, then aimless love, then Storm Windows, then Pink Cadillac, which was his debut record. Listen to them all. And they were great. And he survived the 80s better than a lot of these kind of people, right? No synths, no bad synths, no bad production, no embarrassing tracks, no weird experiments, no like too bad, too drugged out, just kept on doing his thing. And uh, his 80s albums are solid. But, you know, like all the way back, uh, yeah, that guy was really, really good. Like my friend Conrad, who also does a, a podcast of his life called the Conrad Life Report, he said, I think he said he got to see him on Tree of Forgiveness. I never got to see him, but I do think Tree of Forgiveness is my favorite record, his last record. It is beautiful. It's amazing. Um, he's, you know, he's a lot like Cash or Waits, where his earlier stuff is great, but it's like straight up like, you know, honky tonk country. Uh, and then he gets, you know, he just branches out as he gets older, wiser and more experimental, more like different kinds of sounds and songs. And it's just, it's great. I, I was very impressed. I can't believe I never heard about this guy. It was a real gap in my musical knowledge and I'm glad it's been filled. Uh, and then, so, uh, my friend Roy, we were on somebody else's Facebook page talking about an artist we all love named AC Marius who is a woman soloist in the eighties on mute records. She's great. Strongly recommend her. But anyway, somebody on there was like, well, if you like her, you'd like this woman, Carla Del Forno. And I read that comment and I didn't do anything with it, but Roy did. And he went and listened to Carla Del Forno. And a few days later he was like, Rick, my God, you would love this. And so I went and listened to her album. It's called look up sharp. She has two. I did listen to the other one, but I didn't write it down. So there's two, uh, Carla Del Forno, D E L space F O R N O. And they were great. I really loved her. She's like super like ambient weird but also songs and melodic and pretty and sparse and just kind of like right up my alley and it was very very satisfying strongly recommend uh and then i was talking to my friend mitch uh mitchell frank lives out in la uh show promoter guy used to own spaceland uh he's a super cool dude i like him a lot he's older than me so you know a little uh, uh, i i would like him to be sort of a mentor well then whatever i look up to him and you know we were emailing about some stuff and he was like i'm listening to this 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 and this and so i threw them all into my playlist and started listening to him and one of them was this band black rivers and they were great man <laughs> They're awesome. They're like Spaceman 3 meets Space Rock, kind of like that band Toy that I'm really into. Uh, yeah, it was great. Black River, self-titled album, really into it. And then Conrad, who I just mentioned, uh, has, is in a new band called Garden of the Ark, and they made this album... I think post quarantine, he said, but they did it through the mail. You know, everybody did their parts and passed it around. Uh, probably not the actual physical mail. I'm assuming it was uh, Dropbox and things like that. But uh, they made an album called Stumble Into the Light, and I listened to that, and it's really good. I really, really like the last song, too. It's, it, it reminds me a lot of my friend uh, Paul Middleton, who passed away last year, uh, his band. Uh, the infinite three they were called and uh, garden of the ark reminds me of them a lot it was really good um and it made me really want to start writing music again i really need to like start working on uh, album two for defective frequency i listened to the last album recently and i was like it's good i could have done better i was really going for speed and i'm happy i went for speed because it's done but i'm like i i want to make a better record i want to do it again so i'm not quite ready to start but i'm starting to think about it you know 
uh and then mitchell frank also recommended sophie tucker the album is called treehouse that was a cool record a little like is there r&b a little hip-hop a little electronica solo woman maybe like empress of kind of thing but a little bit more sophisticated and a little bit more sparse I, that's, how, that's how i describe sophie tucker i was into that and then uh Og and i were talking about the black watch so like i had dim memories about this band back from when i worked at the bu radio station wtbu in 1991 and i was like and he's like do you ever listen to the black watch and i was like i think i did like 30 some years ago i, I don't know it can't be the same band he's like no it's the same band and so i went and like did some research and like they've been around forever they have like 40 records and they've never been big and so like i tracked down the one i was in this it was their second record and uh so i said a dog i was like this is the one that i remember and he's like this is the one that i remember and it was their third record and he sent me a track that had brad laner from medicine on i'm like both of them are really good it's kind of like they're like as if nobody ever heard of the brian jonestown massacre and they just kept kept making records they have that many records they sound kind of like them they're like as diverse as them they've been around as long i think longer uh and so i listened to like i was like it was very overwhelming and i was still in the john prine thing when this happened but they did they do have like a 40 song uh compendium on spotify called 31 years of obscurity the best of the black watch 1998 to 2019 and it's really good i mean <laughs> they're like a shoegaze guided by voices or something and apparently since we've had this conversation august interviewed them so i gotta go track that down um yeah, but yeah, the Black Watch, strongly into them. And then the Mountain Goats have a new cassette album. I tried to buy it. Like, so here's the thing, you know, they're about to go on tour for their new record and the quarantine happened and Mountain Goats, you know, the main guy, John Dardell is like, well, this sucks. And like, aside from John Wooster, who's in the Mountain Goats, the rest of the band, really, this is like their lives, right? The sound crew, the engineers, the like the musicians, this is their main gig is playing in the Mountain Goats and now they couldn't do it. And he had this new record he wanted to promote, but what he did is he, instead of putting out the new record, he just wrote an entire new one and he busted out the boom box. He used to do his old records on. If you're a longtime Mountain Goats fan, you remember they used to just he used to just make the records on this boom box. And he got the boom box out again and he wrote a whole new record and he put it out and you could pre-order it on cassette on, on Merge's site. And they did two runs of like two or 3000 each. And I didn't get one. It was like too, it was too quick. And I was like distracted, but the album is on Spotify. It's called songs for Pierre Chauvin. And I'm a little bummed because I want to give those guys money. Right. And there's no way to do it. So I don't really know how that's going to work. Maybe I'll just mail a 10 spot to the merge office in Durham or tape it to their front door. <laughs> <laughs> that's not essential travel uh i'll get i went to the merge office in durham one it's it was awesome uh anyway so it's really good uh, it's not the record he's going to be putting out but it just made this whole new record i'm just like oh my god you're such a good songwriter and you're so fast it would have taken me like 20 years to do those songs and you just did it in like a week but the point was he you know he sold these uh, several thousand copies of this cassette and all the money's going to the band members and crew so they can live through the the pan the, the quarantine so that was really cool I would have liked to have bought it, but I did not. I'm sad. Uh, and then Eve's Tumor, another Mitchell Frank recommendation. Heaven to a Tortured Mind is good. It wasn't really my thing. It had some moments. It's kind of like some massive attack moments I was really into. And then it got a little hip-hop-y, uh, which isn't a bad thing, right? I don't mean it that way. I don't know. It's just like some parts I liked. Actually, it might be a ghostly release. I don't know. Was that a Mitchell Frank thing or a ghostly thing? I don't know. It was like a middling thing for me. For me, it was a very well-made record, but it's not. It wasn't really my thing. 
Uh, and then, uh, so I mentioned him before, but you know, the Roland S. Howard, uh, reissues came out and I, one of them I got through vinyl me, please. I did not get the other one yet. It's called pop crimes. I intended to just buy it, but now I'm in a purchasing moratorium. So I didn't buy it. And I never listened to pop crimes. I had listened to the other one, teenage snuff film before. And I realized I had never listened to, maybe I had, and I knew of, and I thought I'd listened to him, but I couldn't, you know, I was looking at, he had a band after the birthday party and it was called these, these immortal souls. I have like a lot of Roland S. Howard and Lydia Lunch stuff, but I didn't have any of these Immortal Souls. So I listened to that album, I'm Never Gonna Die Again, and it was great, and I'm totally bummed because I could have been listening to that for the last 20 years of my life, and I wasn't. Uh, so yeah, man, Roland S. Howard, that guy's amazing. There's a documentary about him. It's called Autoluminescent. It's not available on DVD, and it's not on Apple, but it is on Amazon Prime, so I'm hoping I can watch that this week. Uh, and then I was talking about that Indian pop record, the Indian jazz, what's it called? Uh, disco jazz, uh, Indian record. And, uh, it's like this famous dance 12 inch. So I was talking about that with my friend, Nicoladadio, and he was like, oh my God, you have to hear this. And it's by this man named Charanjit Singh. It's from 1983. He's this Indian guy and it's called 10 Ragas to a Disco Beat. And it was amazing. This is like a 808 record of, raga, of ragas to a disc. I mean, it's, you know, it is what it says it is. And it's just fantastic. And it's the greatest thing. The original pressings are on Discogs for like 1400 bucks. And the reissued, Nick has the reissue, which is like this Danish reissue from five years ago. Those are already prohibitively expensive, even if I was in a record buying mood. But Nick's sending me the digital files. It was We listened to it on YouTube. But uh, it's great. I'm so into it. And I'm so glad he told me about that. It really made my day yesterday. Day. And then like months ago, my friend Nikki <laughs> sent me a Chuck Mangione link. I think he was fucking with me, honestly. And I just sort of like threw his, the album into my uh, to listen list, but I never got around to it. And uh, I finally did. And it was yesterday as well. And so I was just sitting here down here listening to Feel So Good by Chuck Mangione that I never listened to the whole album before. And I was just like kind of sad about my dad and like trying to work, but like a little spaced out. But I'm just listening to this smooth jazz. It was a very surreal scene. Kind of glad nobody walked in on me. Uh, and then this amazing shoegaze album called uh, Ease by a band called Slow Crush. I don't know how it got on my list. Might have been a Mitchell Frank recommendation, but it was great. Uh, right up my alley. Amazing shoegaze. Super into it. So much good shoegaze these days, man. I wish my shoegaze band didn't break up. We'd have like fellow travelers now. It'd be amazing. There's not a lot of shoegaze in the late 90s. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, the most important record, the, the the one I've listened to probably 15 times now, which is the new Fiona Apple, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. My God, it's so good. I don't know how a human being made that record. I just, it's just, it's phenomenal. It's so good. Uh, the day I was, it came out the Friday that I was driving around. I got my three hour drive and I just kept listening to it on repeat and I'd hear new things in every song. And I was just like, wow, this is so good. I read the New Yorker piece. I read all like three interviews with her and I was just like, this is, I mean, you know, she just worked on it for like four years. So I guess that helps, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I mean, it's amazing. It's such a good record. It's such a good record. Strongly recommend it if you have not listened to it yet. Anyway, TV. We finished Devs. Uh, I liked it. Maybe not as much as everybody else did. It's beautiful. I really enjoy being 
my I enjoyed my time watching it. I like the most of the plot. There's some serious problems with the plot that I like internal structure that really kind of upset me that are confusing. I won't go into it with you because I don't want to spoil it. But, uh, you know, that's like there's some stuff there. I'm kind of like this character's motivations doesn't make any sense at this moment. And they kind of play with that a little bit. You know, it's playing on destiny, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't even work internally. It's not like, oh, you know, I'm not understanding. And I'm like, no, I'm, I am understanding. They said this and this and now they're doing that, you know. But nobody else said these things about it, so I don't really know. Maybe it's just me. Uh, and I was a little disappointed to see it has a second season, but maybe it'll be cool in its second season. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to keep watching it. Uh, and then that's really it. Uh, we've been, Emma's been playing Animal Crossing, and uh, I just sit there and watch her play it, and it's very, very ther- therapeutic for me. And then in the morning, I just watch my Civ live streams by this guy named The Game Mechanic. He's playing every Civ on deity level. In chronological order from when the person lived. So I had been watching a bunch of them. Now I start, went back to the beginning and I'm watching the rest of them in order. It's probably like 900 hours, maybe 600 hours. And uh, I've probably watched a third to half of it so far. So, yeah, you know, I could sit here and say, I don't watch much TV, man. But I just watch a lot of this dude in Denver playing Civilization. A lot of it. And then in the evening, I watch my wife play Animal Crossing. It's like narrative TV is too much. And then the other thing I've been watching in the last two days, at least, was Nick Cave TV, which is a 24-hour live YouTube stream of Nick Cave stuff that he's been doing. Not like Not like he's been doing as in he sits there and plays i bet he might show up at some point and do something but it's really like archival stuff from his whole career and it's kind of awesome and (laughs) it makes me happy i just leave it on when i'm watching the baby sometime so that's it for tv occasionally i'll watch like a little bit like of the opening of colbert or or, uh you know somebody like that seth myers or something because i think it's funny how they're all doing it in their houses and i like to peek at their houses but uh i haven't watched haven't been watching much tv we did watch two movies we rewatched uh this is the end and world's end this is the end was the better of the two i think uh, you know, we wanted to start rewatching some apocalypse comedies. <laughs> I had questions. This is the end really holds up. That is a very, very funny movie. Uh, world's end. There's a lot of good parts, but there's some parts you're like, meh, uh, some of the jokes don't work anymore. The music's great. The acting's great. It's definitely good. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, so that's fun. I haven't really been watching any of the other movies. I don't, I don't know. You know, it's just Civ. I, my brain. I just, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. There's something going on there. Uh, finished the Star Wars novelization of The Rise of Skywalker. It was fine. I, th- I think I talked about that last time. Uh, the whole Palpatine clone granddaughter. They explained that a little bit more. That was useful. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then this week I read Say Nothing, A True Story of Murder and Memory in Northern Ireland by Patrick Radden Keene. A million people told me it was a great book. And they were all right. It was fantastic. It was so good. I was really into it. I would, I would read any book like that about any topic. Like books that are just well researched and well made and written in a compelling, gripping way about a topic that you know a little bit about. Because I'm old enough to remember like Bobby Sands' hunger strike, and I remember the troubles. You know, even in Alaska, you heard of Bobby Sands. Um, but I, you know, there's a lot I didn't know, and uh, it was really good. It was really good, and I was very happy about it. And then on Thursday night, I was on a Zoom for my friend Tony's birthday. And there's this guy on there, Kent, who's a friend. I never met him before, a friend of Tony's, which is weird because I've known Tony for like 30 years. But um, Kent turns out, Tony just mentioned, he's like, Kent wrote a book. 
And I was like, oh, that's cool. And, you know, then Zoom had like his little name in the corner. So I just Googled his name in Amazon. And his book is called Corporations Are People Too and They Should Act Like It by Kent Greenfield. And he's a constitutional law professor at Boston College. And the book is basically the history of constitutional law and corporations and personhood. Like how corporations came to be found people, what laws dictate that, how they're interpreted, how they could also be uh, otherwise be interpreted. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've wanted to read this topic for so long. And it just fell in my lap by a mutual friend or a you know, like uh, a friend of a friend and I'm so excited. So I started it that night and it's great. It touches on a lot of the brand stuff that I do. Um, but you know, I'm not that far along, so I'll talk about it next time. I'll be done. It's a short book, but I'm very excited. I have been thinking about corporations and personhood for 10 years and I guess it never occurred to me to like think there could be a book about it, but so thank you, Zoom. Thank you, Tony Norton. Also, there was a rock star in that Zoom, and it was so weird And because it was not weird. It was just like, I mean, like huge, huge famous individual. And it was just like, just another person in a Zoom call sitting in their living room. <laughs> it was so weird. Uh, anyway, that was a very productive Zoom call. So that was great. That was great. I think that's it for this week uh thank you for talking to me you know sorry about the dad stuff the bummer stuff about him and annie it's a little rough week for me but uh it's good to talk to you guys about it and uh i hope you guys are doing okay i hope you're holding up in these dark times it's it's rough for everyone out there it's hard out here for a pimp man drop a line let me know how you're doing and take care talk to you guys soon <laughs>